This is the Golden V Podcast. The Golden V Podcast is a Vancouver, Canada-based podcast talking Vancouver sports. We talk about hockey, football, baseball, soccer, and other sports, including the Canucks, Lions, Vancouver Whitecaps, Canadians, and any other relevant sports news in the Vancouver, Canada area. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's Season 3, Episode 4 of the Golden Feed Podcast. Uh, my guest this time is Jerry McDonald from battersbox.ca, uh, talking about the Battersbox site, uh, how long it's been around for. We discussed a little bit of Toronto Blue Jays news, but Jerry and I stuck mainly to talking about minor league players in the Blue Jays system because this podcast, as you know, focuses on Vancouver sports and teams like the Vancouver Canadians. Morning, everyone. This is the October 13th edition, Friday the 13th edition of the Golden View podcast. And my guest today is Jerry McDonald from Batters Box. And so throughout the major and minor league baseball seasons, uh, Batters Box has all kinds of awesome Blue Jays updates, and I'm going to share uh, that while Jerry and I start talking. Welcome, Jerry. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Uh, glad to be with you. Yeah, same. Um, you and I met through Niall O'Donohoe, um, who um, has appeared on my podcast uh, last month talking about the Canadians' end to the season where they won the Northwest League Championship. Um, but I wanted to highlight the stuff, or I should say that not just the stuff, but the work you've been doing with Batters Box. Um, and I'm a writer on Batters Box once a week, contributing a minor league update. But even with um, the end of the minor league season, and obviously now the Blue Jays are finished as of last week, uh, there's still some updates on the site that people can take a look at. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about the site and how it got started? Sure. Well, there's no off-season in baseball, so people can talk about baseball at any time. Right. But the site got started back in 2002, okay. uh, which is over 20 years ago, and was started okay. by a gentleman called Kent Williams, also called Coach. Right. And he and some friends of his, like Craig Burley and Jordan Furlong, wanted a place to talk intelligently about baseball. Right. Now, we say 2002. In 2002, there was no Twitter. Right. There was no yeah, Facebook. Yeah. There was no Instagram. And yeah. so most of the discussion about baseball was in the newspapers. And the newspapers right. would have their reporters. And it was, I would call, kind of very traditional reporting. And a lot of people wanted to have a greater discussion about baseball. And there was a couple of places on the internet for general baseball discussion, bulletin board type places. But Batters Box was kind of the first Blue Jays blog where people could come together and talk about the Blue Jays. Right. And um, Moneyball wasn't even published in 2002. Moneyball, <laughs> actually, it's 20 years this year. So Moneyball was published in 2003. Right. And so there's this great demand coming from Bill James to actually look at baseball in a different way, kind of having intelligent conversations about baseball. And so um, that's how Batter, Batter's Box got started. Right. And, you know, took off well, had a lot of people um, contributing to it. Now, over time, uh, things like, well, not so much Facebook, but Twitter yeah. um, has come up and all, uh, other sites. Yeah, right. And so people can kind of get the news very quickly and very easily. So 
in the early days was about breaking news or here's something that you didn't know. Whereas these days, a lot of people get to know something very quickly through Twitter or alerts right. on their phone. And so right. now it's just become a place to kind of discuss the news. But it's been going for 20 years. We talk about every Blue Jay series at the major league level. Yep. We cut one, 200 posts. And then we talk about the minor leagues every day. There's a minor league during the season. There's a minor league post about the Blue Jays, and we can talk about the, about the Blue Jays yeah. minor league. So it kind of covers the Blue Jays from top to bottom. Obviously, yeah. in the last week, there's been a lot of discussion about <laughs> the Blue Jays' exit from the playoffs yeah, of and the various press conferences that have been held. But it's a place for people to come and kind of have what we like to call intelligent baseball discussion. Yeah, sometimes social media, you read stuff that gets posted and I'm in Facebook groups and then people complain about baseball. And I'm like, I'm not sure you're really understanding. There is a, uh, you there's, know, there, sorry, there's a saying that um, when you have a discussion board about anything, that when somebody posts something, you'll get two or three comments. But I think it takes, takes about five to 10 comments for it to devolve into name calling and um, people getting <laughs> taking exception to things. Well, so exactly. So Potter's Box, we kind of take a lot of care to kind of patrol it. We don't need to patrol it too much these days, but in the earlier right. days, we needed to patrol it a lot just to make yeah. sure that the level of discussion stayed respectful. Yeah, and I think that's really important on social media when it doesn't. And that's why I wanted to have you on to highlight that site. And that's what I noticed from from uh, uh, writing for it was, I learned a lot about the minor leagues because I had to research some of those teams, some of those Blue Jays teams. I mean, on my podcast, we talk about the Canadians, but, um, and I, follow them but it's different when you have to write a minor league update and you're doing like new hampshire the fisher cats or the bisons mm -hmm. or the dunedin blue jays um or teams like that right because those are interesting too even well, though know, it's yeah sorry, I, know, I know in vancouver a lot of people kind of follow the canadians and and yeah. they're uh, very popular but the players who are playing in dunedin today the players who are playing well for dunedin are going to be Vancouver Canadians um, either later in the season or next season. Yeah. And then you may have a, some players in Vancouver that you saw and you thought they're yeah. good players. They're doing really well. And now they're up to New Hampshire and Buffalo. Yeah. And if you don't kind of follow the minor leagues, they may disappear until one day some of those players may show up at the Blue Jay level. And you may say, yeah, I remember seeing that guy in Vancouver. But when you follow the Blue Jays, you know that after Vancouver, they got to go to New Hampshire and Buffalo. Yeah. And, you know, there each step gets tougher along the way and the, the pool gets yeah. narrower and narrower. And so some players who do well in Vancouver will excel in New Hampshire, move up to Buffalo, and some players will hit a wall in New Hampshire and kind of hit a um, the end of their career ultimately. So it is a ladder. It's a very slow system compared to other sports. You yeah. can have Connor Bedard got a goal this week. He was just drafted. Yeah, that's there's, right. There's nobody really goes straight. There was one player this year who was drafted who went to the majors, but generally it takes a number of years, especially if you're drafted out of high school like Bedard was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an interesting have comparison. To kind of go three or four years. Most players make the major leagues at 24, 25, 26, whereas in basketball you got 19, hockey 19, 20 year olds. Yeah. And then in football usually it's after college, so they're like 21 year olds. So baseball is a very slow progression and you get a chance to follow a player for three or four years before they can make the major leagues. Yeah. And I think David Schneider is a prime example. Um, 
pretty sure I saw Davis here last year in Vancouver. Uh, yep. Addison Barger is another. Yeah. Uh, Aurelvis Martinez is another. Um, and who else was playing for the Blue Jays at the end of the season? Um, well, Cam Eden got called up right at the end of the season. That's right. And then okay. you had some and of the I'm, pitchers. I'm not sure if uh, Nate Pearson ever pitched in Vancouver, but um, so. some of those guys kind of came up through Vancouver. Um, in the last year or two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for giving us that breakdown because uh, one of the things I wanted to highlight too is just not just because it's my post, but here's here's a typical minor league update that I would write once a week for you. Uh, this is the one of the last ones I did for the season because it was only Buffalo left. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got the Buffalo Bisons. We've got the Vancouver Canadians. I wrote a little um, piece on this and highlighting Niles guesting on the podcast. Um, last of the Fisher Cats season, uh, promoting our podcast. Uh, but yeah, I want to take a little look through the site because here's a bunch more stuff. Divisional series, uh, Blue Jays report card. Blue Jays report card is one that a lot of people would find interesting because it kind right. of goes through every player on the team. And one of our contributors, Magpie, kind of goes through every player on the team. and gives them a grade, uh, including the manager and the general manager. And so you can see there that... Uh, Top grade went to Kevin Gosman with Bull Bichette and Tim Mazer followed up. And so right, every right. player gets a grade and uh, yeah. you can agree or disagree. You know, there's a number of comments under where people say, yeah, of course. I liked your grades or I didn't like your grades. But it, again, it's something that uh, um, is kind of fairly unique to Batter's Box and uh, Magpie's been doing it for years. Yeah, it's interesting how you've got it ranked here. Um, just subscribing to Sportsnet for cable, I watch a lot of. Uh, Blue Jays games just because they're available, but also out of interest. Um, but definitely some of these grades are completely valid given the games I watched this year and, and the amount like Springer is a C, Guerrero Jr. is a C, Kirk is a C. And, you know, the thing was, I think that was part of the Blue Jays problem this year. I was watching games in early August while on vacation and I could see then that their offense with those players wasn't doing very well. And it seemed to translate right across uh, even into that divisional series or that wildcard series against Minnesota. Yeah. Offense was kind of the problem. I mean, the Jays, first of all, they're very good starting pitchers, but they also uh, four of the five pitchers kind of stayed healthy pretty much all year. Yeah. And so you had great stability in your starting rotation, which is always a big help to try and have a successful year. Yeah. Where the Jays really fell down was in the offense. Vladdy, did not have a good season. No. Springer kind of up and down, but not great. Alejandro Kirk kind of came into camp a bit behind. Uh, his wife had a baby just at the start of the season, and he never really caught up. You know, Danny Jansen got injured. Matt Chapman had a fantastic April, but yep. then struggled the rest of the way. Yep. So, yeah, the offense really kind of was poor this year, and compared to expectations, and Mark Shapiro in his press conference yesterday said as much. He said it was a for a team that won 89 games, it was a very frustrating season. Yeah. And um, the big problem in the playoffs and in the regular season was scoring runs. They just uh, couldn't uh, get hit with men in scoring position for long long periods of the season. Yeah, it was disappointing to watch. Uh, let's move on to some other stuff, too, because you've got a whole whack of posts here. Um, well, like I said, um, each yeah, series, there's a post there. So yeah, you can okay. see uh, 
um, this is currently, you know, with the <clears throat> with kind of the end of season stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of posts looking back at 2023, but during the season, there's a post on every series and then the, the minor league post as well. And as I said at the start, there's no off season in baseball. That's a good so, point, actually. Right now, their focus is mainly on the playoffs, and so you can kind of comment on the playoffs. But once the playoffs are finished, then players will become free agents. Yeah. The signing season will start. Yeah. Baseball kind of has a thing where you know they got the the general manager meetings, then the winter yeah. meetings. Yeah. Players will start to get signed. Trades will start getting to be made. Yeah. And then uh, you know, come February, the players report for spring training. So there is no. There's a quieter time, but there's no downtime. Right. And I think that's, I'm glad you brought all that up because I hadn't thought of that, but somebody who follows baseball, I do know that, um, but it's important to highlight that for those of people that are listening on the podcast. Uh, the I website mean, if people is are, if people are kind of Canadian sports fans. They're probably hockey fans or <laughs> football fans. And so when yeah. the Blue Jay season finishes, a lot of them uh, go and will watch the Leafs or watch the, um, all the teams across Canada, yeah, right. and uh, but uh, there are hardcore baseball fans who still want to talk about baseball, even in the depths of winter. Um, right. You know, there's the old saying in baseball: when the season ends, you look out the window and wait for spring, and uh, so that's what some baseball fans do. So this is a place where we can kind of continue the discussion. If the Leafs, sorry, if the Blue Jays make a move, either releasing a player, signing a player. Uh, batter's box will have it covered and people will have their opinions as to um, whether it's a good move or a bad move. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause I want to do a couple more things and thanks for giving us all the information. Um, and I mentioned the website again, so people can check it out. Um, one of the other things we discussed before we started um, was the end of the minor league seasons, because we should look a little bit at um the other teams, right? So with the Dunedin Blue Jays, I know it might seem like players are far off. Um, do you have any other um, insights on any of those teams? Um, I know it's not as exciting. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, Dunedin had a bit of a disappointing season, and but if a player plays well in Dunedin, they get promoted to Vancouver. Right. And during the season, we had a number of players kind of come up uh, to Vancouver. A lot of pictures from the Golden Bee Podcast, the Vancouver Canada uh, based podcast, Cameron Vancouver Sports. Uh, we talk about a couple more baseball. Uh, so, some of those pictures, some of those hitters kind of come up from kind of the lower levels, Vancouver Whitecaps. And so, when and they kind of come up in any um, other relevant sports news, uh, and the Vancouver is strange because it's kind of the it's not the lowest level, but it's kind of the lowest um, full season level, if you want to call it that. And so when the draft happens um, in July, the players who sign tend, to, a lot of them, especially if they come out of college, tend to get assigned to Dunedin. And Dunedin right. kind of had some of those players play pretty well towards the end of the year. Uh, a player called Jace Borofen hit a lot of home runs. Nick Goodwin played very well, and actually he got a late season promotion to Vancouver to play That's some right. games in Vancouver. And uh, so what, when Vancouver starts 2024, you will see a lot of players who ended the year in Dunedin in the lineup for Vancouver for 2024. This year, you saw players uh, who were drafted last year, like Alan Roden, Josh Kusevich, Kay Dowdy. They were all drafted 2020, 
uh, three. Spent a little bit of time in Dunedin last year. And Dunedin made a big run for the playoffs and lost in, lost in the final of the playoffs in 2022. And those players who were successful last year made it up to Vancouver for this year. Dunedin weren't quite so successful this year, but a lot of those players who played well in Dunedin uh, will get a shot at Vancouver in 2024. Yeah, that's interesting to note. The K. Dowdy, Josh Kashevich, I remember those guys this year in Vancouver for quite a lot of, for quite a lot of the season and some of the, the success that they had. Uh, another interesting angle with Dunedin and Vancouver is, and I haven't seen any word on it, is what happens to manager Brent LaValle after yeah. two seasons in Vancouver um, and a Northwest League championship. Because I remember the start of the season seeing him on a Blue Jays broadcast or something, wearing a Blue Jays uniform, obviously working out at their complex in Florida uh, during spring training. So does he get a promotion uh, next season yeah. up to minor league ranks? Minor league managers are, um, it's, it's not necessarily straight promotion. It kind of depends sometimes on the manager and, the, and what's expected of the manager. There are some managers that are really good at taking kind of raw talent and making it into something. Yeah. And then there are other managers that are better kind of finishing off players. Yeah. So the Blue Jays for many years, I think about 20 or 30 years, had a manager called Dennis Holmberg who only worked with the very young players. He was an excellent manager and did really well every year, but his expertise was taking a raw player just out of college, just out of high school, and turning him into a professional. And okay. so Brent, uh, again, I'm not sure where Brent's um, uh, strengths lie, or where his objectives lie, but managers tend to move up and down. So it is, he's a couple of years in Vancouver. It is likely that he gets a different move next year, but it could be up or down. It kind of depends where the Jays see his strengths and what he likes to do. Yeah. So, I guess you know, when you get to, when you get to the higher levels of baseball, especially AAA Buffalo, um, nearly all the players there in Buffalo um, have major league experience. And a lot of those players may think they were given short shrift, not given a fair chance, are better than so-and-so who's in the major leagues. And so it's a difficult job managing in AAA because you're managing players whose egos are bruised, right? right? Whereas when you're managing in Vancouver, you're managing players who are optimistic. Yeah, I'm going to make the major leagues. Yeah. And so it takes a different manager to manage your different stages. And right. some managers don't want to deal with those egos, and some managers do, and some managers want to broaden their experience and try it. So, again, it kind of comes down to what Brent would like to do um, because um, it's, a, it's a different job managing 26, 27-year-olds who've been in the major leagues versus managing 22-year-olds who want to make it to the major leagues. I would think so. I would think so. I I think people just have the experience there. Remember John Schneider in Vancouver? Yep. 2011, 2012, I believe, winning yep. titles. And then look where he is now. But there's a lot of years in between um, what's happening and whether people, even after this season for the Blue Jays, are questioning, you know, Schneider's ability um, as a manager, which they really shouldn't be. He'll be back next year. Um, but yeah, I know it's always curious to find out and get your insights, what happens to some of these managers just based on, um, some of the, some of the past experiences and the things that they experienced throughout a season. Uh, so we've covered off Dunedin and, um, 
Vancouver a little bit. How about New Hampshire? Because that's an interesting spot too, right? Because the double A team still two levels away from the majors, but you're probably seeing, and I shouldn't even say probably a lot of prospects uh, at that point showing what they are capable of. Given yeah. The they say the biggest, uh, the biggest jump in baseball progression is going to the major leagues, you know, cause the major leagues are um, the gold standard. But the second right. biggest jump is often described as going to double A. Yeah. And double uh, A's were at New Hampshire and it's a big jump. Um, you see what you get in, in AAA, you've got a lot of players who are essentially reserves for the major league team. Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, a lot of them are from 24 to 30, early 30s, and are able to step into the major leagues if somebody got injured. We saw a number of them this year, Ernie Clement, uh, Nathan Lucas, yeah. um, Jordan Luplo, guys like that who kind of get called up, Tyler Heineman at the end of the year. So the AAA team is almost like a reserve team. And the eight, you know, you may get a few prospects on there, like Addison Barger is there and Spencer Horwitz. You get some mixed in, but, you know, two-thirds or three-quarters of the team are guys who, like I said, who've been to the major leagues. So Double uh, A in New Hampshire is really kind of the, the top landing spot for prospects. And some prospects actually go straight from Double A to the major leagues because the standard is getting yeah. pretty close to the major league standard when you're in double A. And so it's a big jump. So a lot of players from Vancouver who go to double A may thrive, may not thrive. This year, we had a couple of players who went up from Vancouver mid-year who had really good, continued playing really well in New Hampshire. So Alan Roden did really well in Vancouver, got a promotion mid-year to New Hampshire and continued to hit really well in New Hampshire. And now people are saying that, you know, he's a top 30 Prospect, I think his name got dropped by either Ross Atkins or Mark Shapiro this week. And so he could be in line to make the major leagues by the middle of next year. You know, so he has really bloomed from being in Vancouver to start this year to maybe being in the major leagues next year. Um, And uh, Chad Dallas is one of the pitchers who was in Vancouver at the start of the year. Again, had some up and down times in New Hampshire, but had a lot of ups where he pitched really well. Michael Dominguez was kind of okay in Vancouver, but actually pitched better when he got to New Hampshire. That's so right. there are these players who kind of develop at different rates. And you're talking about 22-year-olds. Some of them get as good as they're going to be when they're 19, and some of them don't get as good as they're going to be till they're 24. And that's kind of the beauty and the unknown about baseball um, scouting. You know, you take the top 30 list from a Baseball America any year, and maybe half to make the major leagues and maybe only, you know, four or five of them actually have decent major league careers. Um, there is a lot of pitfalls along the way in baseball. And uh, the other thing that sometimes some people like from uh, Vancouver to New Hampshire is you not only get the guys who grew up who are kind of top 10 prospects who are expected to do really well, you know, Relvis Martinez, for example, yeah. But you get kind of the guys who were never really prospects who develop late. So you talked earlier about Davis Schneider, who had a fantastic year this year. He played a couple of years in Vancouver. In the first year in Vancouver, nobody thought anything of him, really. He was almost like filling out the roster. But then he suddenly kind of learned what he had to do, learned how to hit, and made it up. Now, this year, you had a couple of other guys who are kind of undra- uh, undrafted. Uh, Devontae Brown. I was going to say Devontae Brown, yeah. Devontae yeah, Brown he, would he be one. undrafted, but he got he's hit really well. He also got promoted 
um, up to New Hampshire, and he'll have a chance next year to kind of show what he can do there. And Jeffrey Whaler, who was actually signed out of independent ball this year, um, he came back to Vancouver for the playoffs, but he got a taste of action in New Hampshire as well. So again, with these guys who are undrafted, generally it's a long shot, but you know, every so often you get a guy like David Schneider succeeds and it gives hope to all the other guys to say, well, let me, yeah. let me do what David Schneider just did. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, yeah. I think that just about wraps it up for our discussion. So thanks again, Jerry. You've yeah, it was great. A ton of, a ton of good insight. Um, keep our eyes peeled on uh, what's happening over the winter. Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe we can get you on as a, get, a guest again. It'll still be technically season three for us, but towards the start of the baseball season, we'll have an opportunity to maybe highlight some different things happening with batter's box as the major and minor league seasons get underway in 2024. So thanks for tuning in, everyone, and I will talk to you soon. So there you have it, everyone. That's season three, episode four of the Golden V podcast with Jerry McDonald's from battersbox.ca. Uh, stay tuned for our weekly episode. Lots of exciting stuff coming up. Uh, I'm attending the BC Lions game next Friday, October 20th, last home game of the regular season against the Calgary Stampeders, and there'll be lots of other sports news coming up. Uh, one of my upcoming guests probably for episode five will be Paul Horn, who is the president of the New Westminster Salmon Bellies. We're going to talk lacrosse, the Man Cup, the Salmon Belly season, and some NLL preview news for the Vancouver Warriors. Talk to you soon. This is the Golden Bee Podcast.